this is Will Wheaton. You're listening to Radio Brendo Man. Welcome to another episode of Radio Brendo Man. I'm Brendan Creasy, and um, it's Sunday, December something, December 10th, and it's been a while. I apologize, I just, things have been busy, and uh, been spending a lot of time working on um, MBWS, Massive Buds Wrestling Show, MBWSPod.com. And, uh, you know, just, um, watched a lot of movies. I accompanied Phil on a lot of his 30 day movie pass challenge movies. If you're not aware of what's going on with that, um, if you're not listening to the Mandarin Orange show, Phil went to 30 movies in 30 days using movie pass, 30 different movies. So that's kind of nuts. And I went to a lot of movies. With him. I only went to 17 in November, which is a lot. <laughs> only went to 17 in November. Um, but not all those were with Phil, but a lot of them were. And, uh, so that's been fun. Seen a lot of movies. I think my two favorites. Well, I just saw, uh, the Des- disaster artist last night with Phil. That was really good. But I especially love, um, Lady Bird. And, uh, the Florida Project. Those are probably my two top faves. I also really loved, uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, I really loved Coco. Coco was really good. Um, I also watched, uh, The Man Who Invented Christmas, which was actually pretty good. Good holiday movie. You know, if you're a fan of Charles Dickens, it's a fun, not fun. I mean, it's kind of fun. I liked how it, like, depicted the writing process and how he developed the characters. I liked it. And, um, I finally watched some movies on HBO On Demand, uh, thanks to my bro with that HBO Now. Um, I watched Get Out, which was phenomenal and really freaked me out. And, uh, I also watched La La Land finally, which was really good. And, um, yeah, I mean, let's keep this ball rolling. We got some great conversations today. Um, I need to keep releasing these and I just, you know, I don't know, man. Uh, this week we got, um, Alice Fraser, who you might remember from last year. She's wonderful. She's a comedian from Australia. And, uh, she's also on a podcast, um, called The Bugle, which is really entertaining. Um, and that used to be hosted by, uh, uh, John Oliver. And he's still, I guess he's like revolving host now, but, uh, she's great. 
And then um, I also talked to Chris Maloney, who's one of the founders of L.A. PodFest, also the director of Earbuds, which is a great documentary about podcasting and podcasts and the podcast fandom. Um, it's really great. And he also co-hosts the uh, Comedy Film Nerds podcast, which is a really great podcast if you're any kind of movie fan. Um, and... Yeah, those are the two conversations I got this time around. Come back soon with more. And uh, I got a couple items of business, I guess. Uh, don't forget we got our hotline. Still waiting for those calls, texts. Leave a voicemail and I might play it. This is how you get your questions, you know, whatever, advice. That hotline number is 714-408-7091. Also, our email is askbrendoman at gmail.com or ask at radiobrendo.com. We also have our standard contact form. If you don't have a specific question, need advice, whatever, contact form at radiobrendo.com. Um, hit the contact. And Steve Espinoza did just that. He writes in, hey, Brendo, hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I did. It was really good. I got a few subjects for you to talk about. One, will you be having an Amazon gift exchange this year? Oh, man. I don't think so, just because it got a lot going on. I apologize. I'm very sorry. I know a lot of people like that. Shoot. Let's talk about it in the group. I don't know. I don't know if we have time. Number two, what movies are you most looking forward to in 2018? I am most looking forward to, let's see, what do we got? We got a lot of Marvel stuff. We got Black Panther. We got... Is Infinity War coming out next year? I think so. Solo. I'm not sure if I like that title, but I'm looking forward to that movie. Um, we got the new Wes Anderson movie, which I am very, very excited about. We got, uh, Ready Player One coming out in March. We got, uh, let's see. We got Pacific Rim 2. There's a lot of good stuff. Probably I'm super excited for Black Panther. And uh just really excited about whatever Marvel movies come out. And I'm excited about the new Wes Anderson movie, the the cat one. Is it Island? I mean, I forgot what it's called. Island of Dogs, not cats, geez. Um cat one but isla dogs i'm very very excited for that movie it looks great and uh yeah it it looks very japanese and it looks very entertaining and uh i'm very excited for it don't forget, check out radiobrendo.com for all the links to our facebook group um also you know we got our we got our book for Brax. It's available on Amazon or Lulu. BraxComics.com for the links. So I got a record, but uh, you're going to have to contact me because the Popbox Music, Popbox Music Store is down right now. But if you hit me up, hit us up or hit send an email to popboxmusic at hotmail.com for details on that. Be sure to check out BenvyNetwork.com for all the Benvy Network podcasts. Lots of great stuff there. 
Ben View on Spielberg, Comic Nerds Unite, Extra Damage, MBWS, of course, Midnight Marinara, if you like the spooky stuff. You got uh, Star Wars Nerds Unite, if you're a Star Wars fan. You got Ray Gun Readers, Faux Boys, if you're into Doughboys, if you're into fast food, Super Mario Brothers Minute. I'm a big fan of those. Nothing new. Talking about movie remakes. Lots of good podcasts over at BenViewNetwork.com. Also, Dream Host can save you $50 off your hosting order. If you want to start your own web empire, start your own podcast, start your own blog, website, portfolio. Got those easy one-click WordPress installs. Click the link, RadioBrendo.com. Click the Dream Host link. That'll save you $50. You know, it also save you money is Amazon Prime. Save you time and money. If you want to try it out, 30-day free trial available over at RadioBrendo.com. Click the Amazon Prime banner. But if, banner. But if you already got Amazon Prime, click the Amazon button. Either way, you're going to shop on Amazon. Why not click that link and then you'll be helping us out. And then I read off the stuff that people bought, because they bought a lot of stuff. We got a Golden State Art 11 by 10 photo frame. Buy those frames. We got the Zookeeper's Wife, a... Ro- I can't read today. Zookeeper's Wife, a war story. I think it's because I haven't eaten yet. kind of hungry. Soon to be a major motion picture. Not familiar with this book. This New York Times bestseller seemed to be a major motion picture starring Jessica Chastain. Alright, we got uh, Star Trek Classic Episodes Volume 1, the 25th Anniversary Editions. God's Coach, the hymns, hype, and hypocrisy of Tom Landry's Cowboys. Petty, the biography. Is this about Tom Petty? Yes, it is. Could be about Richard Petty. The race car guy. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Greatest Hits. Best of Tammy Wynette. Comedian. Is this a Jerry Seinfeld comedian? Yes, it is. It's a great movie. Highly recommended. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Over the Rainbow. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, Vic Damone. Over the Rainbow. Singing over the rainbow, I'm guessing. I thought it was something else. We got the Mystery Science Theater 3000 Collection Volume 2, which includes Angels Revenge, Cave Dwellers, Pod People, and Shorts Volume 1. Nice. Hazel Rides Again, a new selection of Hazel cartoons. We got The Aristocrats. I think that's that movie. Yes entertaining movie it's a lot of comedy stuff comedy stuff some music ufc 10 the tournament ufc 11 and ufc 12 someone's watching some ufc we got the ultimate lucy show collection we got bernie is this the movie starring jack black yes it is it's a great movie love that movie richard linklater very entertaining love that movie then we got Buttonsmith, Van Gogh, Starry Night, Premium Lanyard. So it's a lanyard. 
I got a PlayStation 3 Move controller. Hmm. Somebody's messing around with some PlayStation Move. Yeah, the uh, earphones, 10 pairs, eight assorted colors. It's 10 pairs of earbuds. Earbuds? Yes. 10 pairs. 14.99. It's very cheap. We got Star Wars Classic Bath Collection Tub Mat. Nice. Spin Master Games. I don't know what this is. The Logo Board Game. The game about the brands you love. Okay. We got Star Wars R2-D2 C-3PO hand towel set. Nice. Ab shoe synthetic leather women's shoulder purse. Somebody got a purse. And that's it. Well, thank you, everybody. Be sure to go to RadioBrento.com. Click the Amazon banner. Also, check out our Facebook group, subreddit, all that stuff. Links are on there. Sure, check out our friends at MountainRoomEscapes.com. If you're headed over to Big Bear, they got a lot of cool stuff over there. They got a virtual reality set up now. They got multiple escape rooms, multiple locations up in Big Bear. And you can save $5 off your ticket, each ticket, using the code RadioBrendoMan at MountainRoomEscapes.com. Also, check out our friends, Etsy.com, slash shop, slash Crude Inc. Crude Inc. They make lots of cool vinyl artwork. Talking vinyl records. Cool artwork on vinyl records. If you want to be part of a cool, if you live in the Inland Empire, want to be part of a cool stand-up, not stand. I mean, I do stand up there, but it's an open mic community. Um, Riverside Underground Performing Arts Organization. Underground Performance Organization? I think that's what it is. Rupo. It's a back to the grind downtown. Riverside, 9 p.m. Sign-ups at 8.30. Mondays. It's $3. I'll be there this week. Doing my stand-up. But we got poetry, music, any kind of... You know, thing like that. Check it out. I already talked about movies. I'm reading a lot of books. I'm almost done with The Stand. I don't know. I read it every once in a while. I really enjoy it. Um, I'm also reading a book about... I've almost done with all the true crime books. I got a humble bundle on. And uh, a while ago, like over a year ago, finally finished the last one. Well, I'm almost done about john wayne gacy dude was messed up the whole thing was very messed up thing that i find interesting about that case is that there were multiple times where gacy got sloppy and let's and some people got away but they were not believed by the authorities because gacy was an outstanding citizen and a pillar of the community and they weren't believed, the victims. Despite his previous convictions and evidence, they were not believed because of the nature of the crimes, the homosexuality involved, whatever. They were not believed. And uh, maybe we should believe victims. Maybe we should believe them. Uh, yeah. All right. What else am I reading? I'm reading this book that I, I won from Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. It's called WATNA, which stands for Wrestlers of the New Apocalypse. 
It's a self-published book by a Chicago author. It's really cool. It's about a post-apocalyptic scenario where wrestling unites people. I don't know. It's pretty cool. I enjoy it so far. Mm. I don't know. I think that's pretty much what's going on this week. Uh been going to a lot of wrestling. Just went to a Santino Brothers show in Bell Gardens with my friend Sean. And um but you can hear all about that on our wrestling podcast, mbwspod.com. Massive Buds Wrestling Show featuring me and my friend Keith. Talking about wrestling, talking about weed, talking about all that stuff. Um, I don't know, it's been weird here, it's been real windy, all the fires, but those are pretty far away. They're actually like, you know, a lot of Los Angeles area, northern in the valley, and then now there's fires in Oceanside. There was some down in Marietta, but not really close to us for a change, because we get a lot of fires out here. And that's been, it's been rough. And I just, my heart goes out to everybody who is suffering, um, from that. And, uh, and, um, I just, it's rough, man. And things have been real crazy in the world. And I'm just trying to, you know, get through. And, um, work's been going good. And, uh, I got one more week and then I'm off for two weeks. So, Looking forward to that. There's a baby lizard walk going around here somewhere in the house, so I don't know if it's the son of the commandant and he left a little friend, but I haven't seen him lately. I think he may have crawled under the door. Very small. Found him the other day in the bathroom. So that's pretty much what's going on with me. I hope you guys are all doing well. Feel free to hit me up. That's brendoman at gmail.com, radiobrendoman at gmail.com, or just go to the contact form. If you have a specific advice you want, um, if you want me to answer your advice question or anything like that, that is askbrendoman at gmail.com or ask at radiobrendo.com or use our, that is our, um, hotline, 714-408-7091. All right. Enough of me talking. Let's get to our conversations with Alice Fraser, which you can check out her at Tea with Alice. It's a podcast. It's great. Or The Bugle. And Chris Maloney from Comedy Film Nerds, LA Podfest. Check it out. So we'll get you back next time. And uh, for Radio Brendo Man, I'm Brendan Creasy. Have a good one, everybody. And John Goobang. Do. And he he punched that guy's ear off. Yeah. And the guy said, "I didn't believe that was even possible." The interviewer said, "I didn't believe that was even possible." And he said, "Anything's possible if you dream," <laughs> which is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and it, you know, it's not, not even a joke that I do in stand up. It's so much as just telling the story yeah, because it's, a sto- it's hilarious. It's a beautiful story. It's uh, amazing and All right. delightful. Awesome. And I'm here with Alice Fraser. Hello. The talented comedian. Oh, and thank you. From, and you're from Australia. You're here. You're, this is the second time I've seen you. Is this your second podcast? I think it's my third podcast. Oh, third podcast. Okay. Um, but uh, yes, I am here. I'm here on the grant. Thank you to the AMP Tomorrow Fund, who has decided that Tea with Alice is uh, 
at Tomorrow Maker Worthy. Oh, wow. That's yeah. really awesome. So your podcast, Tea with Alice, it sounds like things are going real well with that? Yeah, it's really good. I never check my numbers, though, so uh, it could be <laughs> just three people in the world listening to it, but... Uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's doing better than that in that, uh, you know, most shows that I do, I'll have one or two people come up and say that they watch the pod, uh, listen to the podcast, so. Awesome. And we had you on the show last year and, and you told us about that show and have you, what, what are, what are, in the last year you've had, have you, what are some of your highlights of guests? Like there's maybe some things that our audience might be interested in, like to listen to your show. Um, I don't know, like, cause I've I know had, you, you have tea and you talk to people. Yeah, I talk to people about difficult ideas. So yeah. I've had some really incredible, uh, people on. Uh, I had Gareth Reynolds on last year. Oh, nice. Uh, I think, and I've, I've had, uh, Will Anderson and, uh, Osher Ginsberg, who I, d- I don't know if you know about, Andy Zaltzman of The Bugle. Okay. Uh, and, uh, it's always interesting taking comedians out of comedy and asking them what they're really wrestling with because, most of comedians' job is actually thinking about yeah, stuff. Looking, yeah. looking for jokes yeah. in, is involves really thinking about the world. Yeah, I've been learning that as I started my stand-up journey last year. Actually, after watching specifically you and April Richardson on stage last year, I've been my brother's been hounding me to do stand-up for years. He's a stand-up comedian in Portland, and he's like, "You need to do it. You need to do it." And then I watched you guys, and I don't know what it was, but I was like. I, 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 it just made me really. Well, they can do it. Anyone can. It wasn't that. It wasn't that. It was just like you guys were so good, and I like it. Just inspired me oh, to well, want to do you. it. And um, and 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 like talking to you, and then seeing you on stage, and I'm like, well, well, she, you know, she's doing it, and like, and she, and she got up there, and and and, and, and yeah, it made me just want to get up there, and 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 then I've been doing open mics. Every Monday for the last three months, and I think it's going all right. Yeah, just and, doing it is yeah. the only way to do it. It's, yeah. It is one of those things. Not that all my guests are comedians, by the way. I, I have yeah. a lot of people. You've been from, talked to a wide variety of people. I talked to a wide variety of people. I spoke to an archaeologist recently. I spoke to. Uh, I've spoken to doctors. I spoke to one guy who is a really fascinating friend of mine. He's a genius. Yeah. But he works in retail. He works in, uh, in customer service. Okay. Uh, hospitality. And, um, he does pure maths in his spare time and programming. And he's just, just he's in a, his spare time. He's what my dad would call a thoroughbred. Okay. Uh, in that he cannot do the nine to five thing. I have a really hard time with it too, which yeah. I've come, now I'm the closest I've, I am to not having to do it. I work at a school and while it's eight hours a day, I also, I only work 10 months out of the year. Oh, that's, so that's nice. So I have a lot of time to work on my creative outlets and I, it's more, it's a little, it's, it's flexible enough for me because the regular, like the regular nine to five was just, I almost had a complete nervous breakdown. Yeah, it's not for humans. Yeah, because you were you were a lawyer. I was a lawyer, and uh, that is less uh, nine to five than it is, you know, seven till ten. Uh, and it was not. I was not suited to it, and I had the luxury of being able to do stand up uh, and moving into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think. More and more people will be moving away from that. Well, it definitely seems now. Well, now they call it the gig economy. Yeah, which has got upsides and downsides. Yeah, because yeah, uh, you've got Uber and Lyft, which seem to be really taking advantage of the downsides. Yeah, and, but I mean, then there's other there's positive things that are it's coming out of it. Fascinating how much uh, how much now 
we are having a servant class again. Yeah. But in the olden days, and this sounds like defending the olden days, and uh, but you would have a servant yeah. who lived with you, and uh, you would know them as a person. Yeah. And, you know, they would do all these menial tasks, and they were not necessarily treated very well. Uh, I don't know how high the proportion was of abuse, but I'm sure that it existed. Yeah. Uh, but... You know, you would have to look them in the eye, and you had a responsibility to them as a human being. Yeah. Uh, whereas now we have things that are done by, you know, things, you know, servant class things yeah. that are done. People bringing you food, or making you food, or yeah. cleaning your house, yeah. or you and know, driving you to a place. Yeah. All of those things. Yeah. And I are live completely depersonalized. I live near. I, I have a lot of friends that work at the Amazon uh, packaging centers Holy and crap. fulfillment centers, and like hearing robots. the stories of them is like, holy shit! Um, maybe, maybe this is bad. Maybe this isn't good. Maybe these cheap Amazon goods aren't worth it. If I'm hearing about these people just like backbreaking work, and somebody has to, somebody is running around a warehouse grabbing your cheap headphones, and like, and like, it's just, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know how I feel about it either. My friend Laura Davis, who's a genius comedian. Um, she said, you know, she used to work at a convention center with very similar sort of very, mm-hmm. very brutal standards. And she was saying, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, I don't think I'm better than this job. I'm not better than any job. I think the, the joke that she says, I'm not better than any job. But if I'm, if you made a monkey do what I'm doing, people yeah. would get really angry people about how you're mad. treating yeah, right? the monkey. When, when you have these people, because I remember hearing the big notorious story that got blown open by Rolling Stone and thankfully things have changed was, the Amazon fulfillment centers, they decided to cut back. They were have the, the electricity bills were too high. So they started like turning off the air conditioning at certain times. And like they seriously were like they at some, at one point they had an ambulance just stationed and people were going outside and just passing out from heat stroke. They'd get them all fixed up and then just, all right, back to work. And they were doing that until finally somebody blew the whistle on it. But I'm like, this is happening in 2017 in um, the United States of America. People in sweatshop conditions. It really is a new sort of industrial revolution time. Yeah. But I don't know how we're going to get out of it because everything is becoming much more individualized. Yeah. The thing that has changed labor standards in the past has been unionization. Yeah. And now the unions have themselves become institutionalized. Yeah. They've, they've got, you know, motives other than the interests yeah. of their constituents. Yeah, and as a member of a union, I, 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 I that totally, I agree. Sometimes it is frustrating. I mean, I'm, I'm thankful every day that I'm a member of a union, but sometimes they annoy the shit out of me. Yeah. It's so hard because I'm like, why do you guys get yeah, that kind yeah. of collectivist action? How you can get anyone to, you know, agree to a strike when everyone's so desperately on the Everybody's edge of on their own. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, well, yeah, and there was some, I, there was some strike talk in my union earlier in the year, and that was my number one thing. I'm like, if we go on strike, I won't be able to pay my rent, and like, but we kind of need to go on strike because they're really fucking us here. But I won't be able to pay my rent. Well, the gig economy like, sort of makes it impossible to, yeah. to. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Because like, if that. you're an Uber driver, like, who represents you? Nobody. Like. You're, yeah, there's no way to say, well, you know, there should be only a certain number of hours that you should be forced to work in a day, or yeah. there's, there's no one to say that you need to have access to yeah. healthcare, or it's just become personal responsibility, which is a very nice term, yeah. until it comes down to something like that. Yeah. Well, my kid is sick, so I will not eat tomorrow. Like, yeah. That's and like those are the thing. decisions that people are having to make, and it's awful. Well, it's a. Ho- I mean, the reality. The terrible reality is that even 
when you had sort of sort of servants, you had to feed them and clothe them. Yeah. And now we're at a point where someone can be working more than full time mm-hmm. and still not have enough money to live. Mm. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. That that is insane. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I'm I am with you. I'm one hundred percent on board with you here. Uh, but uh, yeah, what have what have you been up to of late? What other than oh, stand up? I've been going to a lot of wrestling shows. Uh, working on my wrestling podcast. I'm getting really involved in the local Southern California wrestling scene. Oh, is there an amateur scene or is it a professional no, it's, scene? Well, okay, so there's like WWE, right? There's yeah. like in England. There's I guess there isn't like a W. The WWE goes to England, yeah. but then. There's this independent wrestling scene, which is basically everybody that's not in WWE, or there's a couple other bigger companies, and I guess you could compare it to the indie music scene. Mm. There'll be a promoter, they find a venue, like a a lot of times it's like an Elks Lodges, uh, different like halls, bingo halls, they rent a ring or they own a ring, and then they there's all these indie wrestlers that have... They train to be a wrestler. They're not at the level yet to be in WWE. They don't, WWE, they don't know how to get there. So there's these local promotions that run independent shows, Mm. like an independent comedy show. And they hire the wrestlers and then they put on a show. And then if it goes well, they'll do another one the next week. And a lot of times though, they don't make enough money. So they fall away. But there's these guys, these high level wrestlers that travel all around the country on a secondary scene, like that are, could be on WWE, but maybe one of my favorite wrestlers, for instance, Matt Riddle, he was a UFC fighter, Yeah. Um, got popped for marijuana, uh-huh. left UFC, was like, I think I want to be a professional wrestler. WWE immediately was interested, yeah. but they said, you have to stop smoking weed, and he said no. Amazing. So now he's on the independent circuit, and he's the number one guy because he's a, he's a WWE, he should be in WWE, but because he doesn't want to stop, stop smoking, smoking weed, weed. he's surely. the top guy. I mean, surely he. There's places in America where weed is legal now. Oh yeah. I mean, but, I don't know what the. Exact but the W. It's because of the WWE wellness policy. There, they have an overall wellness policy for their wrestlers because of all the controversies in the past involving wrestlers and drugs and lots of deaths. Ah, and amazing. So they test for marijuana. They test for steroids. They test for everything. And what what are the laws now in America? About oh well, weed? okay. So is it legal everywhere? No, or no, 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 no. It's very. It's actually very tumultuous right now. Ah, interesting. So weed is federally illegal. Okay. There's an FDA and like federal drug enforcement, and our fucking horrible United States District Attorney, Mr. Jeff Sessions, has basically equated marijuana with heroin. Oh, and good. That's he's trying to wage start. a new war against weed. He actually said a quote from him is, people in the KKK are better than marijuana users. Oh, that was dear. a recent quote from this man. Yeah. Um, and so I'm a little concerned what's going to happen because basically certain, because of the state's rights in the Constitution, um, certain states have legalized recreational marijuana use. Okay, so, so which states have um, done Colorado, that? Washington, Oregon, California, it passed in the last election and goes into effect on January 1st, 2018. So until then, California still has that well, medicalized marijuana. Right now we have medical and we have, it's, it's legal in California. California to possess, to mm. smoke in your private residence, just the dispensaries can't sell it to recreational users yet. Mm-hmm. Some of them 
kind of broke the seal a little bit since they know that if they get fined, it'll go away because like by the time they, like, the 90 days or whatever they have to pay it, it'll go into January 1st so they don't have to pay it. So people have already started sell you like right now you well maybe not you if you had a if, if like for instance if 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 Andrew over there had I have a medical card but if Andrew over there had a could go into one of those places right now probably up the street somewhere yeah. show his driver's license and be able to buy up to I think it's like 4 ounces of marijuana wow like he could go do that right now so that's it's I I think it's a great time to be alive because I as somebody I suffer from anxiety I can no longer take Adderall because it gives me high blo- I, I, my blood pressure was reaching a really bad level and as Adderall soon as I Adderall is the ADD drug? yeah it's basically meth yeah, <laughs> it's okay. basically it's amphetamines it's uh and and but it, it 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 and so I my my therapist and my doctor said well have you been smoking weed and I said yes and they're like well. Maybe try, keep trying, keep doing it, but just maybe tone it down just a little bit. Yeah. Um, and stick to edibles and vaporizing. Try not to smoke it too much because that's, that's not good for you. Um, but, and then it's actually been really good. I've been, it's helped me a lot. Yeah. So, so when you say edibles, is it always like cakes and things or do they have Oh like no, they have all kinds of things. I, I'm, I'm a, my, um, uh, Keith, who I do the MBWS podcast with, he has a dispensary. Wow. Um, and he has these uh, gummies. They're like little gummies. And each one is a certain dose. It's a certain amount of THC. So you can control your dose really easily. And it takes about an hour to kick in. So I just have one. An hour later, feeling good. And, uh, you know, and then, um, and then, like, you know, I take one of those when I get home from work and it just, I'm, 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 I'm feeling all right. And, and then it's, and then, yeah, and it's, it's helped a lot. So there's different, and there's different kinds of edibles. There's also topical, like lotions. There's, like, there's, there's, um, yeah, I know. Like, all kinds of stuff. I and mean, I, I have friends who have used the CBD, yeah, oil, CBD which for is all kinds yeah. everywhere because yeah. it's the THC that's yeah. the, um, it depends, mind-altering. like, yeah, if it's, I think even that still, if it's from hemp, it's okay, but if it's from the flower, I think in some states that's still illegal, and it's very complicated, and I think we really need to get our shit together, because if you look what's happened in Colorado, they legalized, they had it, they were, they did it in a way where they, it's very well controlled, it's well regulated, and they have more money, because it's heavily taxed. Yeah. And so they have more money than they know what to do with. They've they've gotten to the point where they are they've started opioid um abuse programs with the money. They've opened homeless residences with the money. They're doing their education systems are flush with cash all from legalized marijuana. And I'm hoping that more states can like California we're kind of trying to follow that model. Washington it took them a while. They had some rough goings. Well, and I feel like I, I look. I'm not. Uh, I, I don't even drink, so yeah. I'm not the most knowledgeable person about a straight edge uh, person. I respect uh, that. Well, you know, I uh, my mum was sick while I was growing up, so yeah. the idea of sort of impairing myself even temporarily mm-hmm. seemed really viscerally wrong to me. Yeah, uh, and now I respect I'm, that. A lot. Now I'm too old to start messing <laughs> up. Uh, but uh, for me, I, I think it's interesting. I think a, a good analogy is probably copyright infringement yeah. stuff. So, uh, most people that I know want to pay for the things that they buy. They do. Uh, and 
In, in Australia, for example, for a long time, Game of Thrones was the breakthrough one. In Australia, had the highest rate of illegal downloads of Game of Thrones. Yeah. People wanted to watch Game of Thrones, yeah. and they wanted to get it legally. Legally, there was a page. I don't know if it still exists, but it was called HBO. Let me pay for you, <laughs> because people wanted to. You know, support the things that they were buying. You see this in the in the podcast industry. People yeah. uh, pay. You know, I have a Patreon. People yeah. give me money for doing what I do. People want to support the things that they like. They want to give them more freedom. They want to give them more ability to you know get better equipment to yeah. have bigger guests to you know all of this stuff is actually you know as a as a fan is something that you want. Yeah, you want to give these people your money, and if you can't do it, then you'll do it illegally. Yeah, I feel like weed is the same in. That there are so many people who are, in every other way, law-abiding citizens yeah. who will smoke marijuana occasionally or regularly. Who, if it were legal and yeah. regulated, and going to taxes and going to schools, and they would absolutely do that. Why yeah. would you take a risk with your with your life? Exactly, because I've I, I I will be one. I've never bought weed from like a drug dealer I was always too scared to do anything like that because also you don't know what you're getting like that's a big part of it because like I've heard horror stories my I, I have I, somebody I know smoked marijuana that had cocaine in it and they almost died yeah like exactly you know stuff that. like that you know like, the more regulated it is the, the better quality it is the less dangerous it is you know, if you have regulated marijuana, the biggest danger is people being uh, unmotivated, yeah. which, you know, fine. Yeah. You know, that's that's a lot better than sending somebody to jail for... Yeah. And our jails are so full of people with minor drug offenses, and it's exponential. There's It's very disproportionately minorities, and that's a big, that's a big part of it is, like... Maybe we could, this could turn around our prison system because one of the problems our prison is so full of these like really non, non-violent criminals for these crazy minor drug offenses. Which would be an interesting, would be an interesting thing to see yeah. if they do change the laws federally. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. No, but, of it is but one of the interesting implications of that is would they still hold these people who are in on, uh, you know, whatever it is, mandatory minimum sentences? Yeah. <laughs> would they still hold them for having broken the law, or would they release them or shorten their sentences? Yeah. Given you know, because it's all these questions. It so, opens for example, up a lot. you know, in some places in the world, it is still illegal to perform homosexual acts. Oh yeah, right? Saudi Arabia, like right there. Yeah. So then, if it became legal in those countries, would they release homosexuals who'd been so. in prison? Or would they say, well, you broke the law yeah. when it was illegal, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that is the offense rather than the actual yeah, yeah. crime? That stuff is really interesting. Yeah, that is. That's, it's true. I, 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 yeah, that's I imagine the prison industry now, because it oh, makes yeah, so much money. Because it is an industry, especially prisons. here. There would be a, a strong kind of financial oh, yeah. incentive on their part well, not to release Well, that's one people. of the prevailing theories on why... Especially Sessions is so because he ha- these people have finan- actual financial stakes in the like there. This is where all these conflicts of interest that we've been screaming about forever are really coming into play here because these guys, it's in their financial interests, like you said, to keep these people in jail. They are directly profiting because they have financial stakes in the private prison industry. It's been one hundred percent proven. Yeah, like, all these people, and there's it's- social implications of that too. In that you know, people who go into prison. Are radicalized and criminalized yeah. in large numbers. Yeah. So releasing people who have, you know, committed a minor offense 
could be a dangerous thing for society. Yeah. Genuinely, yeah. it could. Yeah. Uh, that's not that's, me that's being... That's also true. I mean, that is not, definitely something to think about. And, and even if they are not, you know, radicalized but, or yeah. uh, moved to be anti-state or, you know, all of this kind of stuff, yeah. which is, you know, a perfectly reasonable response to being put in jail for a minor offense, yeah. is to hate the state, is to hate the people who put you there, yeah. is to be anti-authoritarian. But equally, even if you managed to be a calm and reasonable human being about it, which I think is, you know, reasonable is a, a very, uh, like it would be reasonable to be angry. But if you, even if you come out with no grudge, with no criminal connections, with no rage against the state, you're probably traumatized. Yeah. The rates of abuse and rape in, in prisons are huge. And even, you know, even just being in that kind of, kind of institution is traumatizing. Yeah. Having oh, yeah. No, Freedom is traumatizing, as you see, even in the African American community now. There's generational trauma. Yeah. You know. From oh yeah. I mean, this is this goes so deep now, and like it's just it's part. It's just I got it. So if you release all these people on minor drug charges, that there's an impact to that as oh, yeah. well. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. As much as, if not more than, sort of unlimited immigration stuff, you're bringing yeah. people back into society who you have potentially ruined. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was just talking with Darcy because she was a big part of the West Memphis Three movement. I don't know if you're familiar with that. So it was these three boys that were wrongly, with no evidence, convicted of a murder back in 19, of these, of these other, like younger, these these were kids, these were teenagers convicted of a murder of these three boys in a satanic panic situation where they just wanted to pin this on somebody and lock them away so, you know, parents could, you're like, oh, we got the boogeyman, and but but anyways, so then they and no evidence, and there was this huge, there was these documentaries made, and through that there was campaigns, and this over the course of 18 years, it was this process. There's three documentaries out um, called uh, Paradise Lost. They're on HBO, um, and eventually they were released. Yeah, they were, fa- but it was this crazy thing where they basically had to admit that. Um, you are released, you're, but you're not exonerated. We would have had enough evidence to convict you, but we're going to let you go. It's this really weird technicality. Well, presumably because, uh, yeah. presumably because of liability issues. Yeah, exactly. So this, but, it, but basically they make it, it made it so they, they, we took 18 years of your life. And we're giving and you now, nothing in return. And now you can't sue us. And you should be luck, glad that you are, have your free, because one of them was on death row. Holy and, crap, that's yeah. horrifying. Yeah. Oh yeah. So thinking about that and thinking about but then it's like what do these 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 are now men who spent their entire young adulthood in the prison system. What do their lives look like now? What do they do? And I and and Darcy was talking to me about some of the difficulties that they have had yeah. and how it is. It's like and what are we doing to people? Like because I think it's pretty much a universe like here and I don't like I the rehabilitation of, part of prison just does not seem to be a thing that's happening. It doesn't seem to work very well. And the other thing, the other side of it is that it's a joke. People people say it as a joke yeah. that people in prison get raped. Yeah. Like, that's a punchline. Yeah. Is you'll, you'll go to jail and there'll be a big guy called Bubba. All of yeah. that stuff. When you sentence someone to prison now, like, uh, okay, so in British law, there is a standard called the standard of a reasonable man. Yeah. What a reasonable person in the position of the plaintiff would have thought or what a re- yeah. reasonable person in the position of the defendant would have thought. Yeah. Right? That's a That's a standard. Yeah. A reasonable person in in the public 
could anticipate if you send someone to jail, they are going to be oh, yeah. sexually assaulted. So when you send someone to jail, you're sentencing them. Yeah, and it's, it's completely. You're speaking very deeply to me right now because I I was a juror in a murder trial last year, and I sent I was part of a jury that sentenced a man to 20 years to life in prison for second degree murder. Yeah, and that was something I'm like. I am sending this man to prison where this could potentially happen. And that was, that, that couldn't not affect yeah, my decision. Not just, when you say this person is going to jail, you're saying you should only be saying, you know, they're a danger to society yeah. and cannot be allowed out. Yeah. And that's one thing. But what now, now what that, what the subtext of that, the unspoken but well understood subtext is we're sending you to be raped. And that, does not seem a proportionate response. Yeah. I mean, is that, is that, so even in the case of a bad man, say a man yeah. who has beaten his wife, yeah. given her a black eye, uh, given her bruises on her body, made her uh, traumatized and upset. So he should be raped, right? Yeah. Is that, is that what we... I don't know. I mean, is that you know, what we're like, saying? Like, because I, that is, like, that's what's happening. Yeah. That's what we're doing. It seems like that's what we're doing. And everybody seems to be cool with that, but I could, like, what the hell, it's people? It's truly a horrifying situation. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what to think about it. Um, but I, I should head off. Yeah, well, Alice, thank you so much. It's thank always great to talk me. to you. Your show, Tea with Alice, available on iTunes, yes. Apple, I'm sorry, Apple Podcast. It's available and everywhere. And all that other stuff. Uh, and yeah, Emily I, and I are leading a resistance against this Apple Podcast thing, because, like, iTunes, it's like a, I've been in my brain for the last however many years. Look, and, iTunes is the Hoover yeah. of podcast yeah. listening apps. You yeah. know, there are plenty of other, yeah. you know, suctioning devices available, yeah. but we're going to call it iTunes. And you're Alice um, at it's alliterative at alliterative a l i t e r a t i v e or alicefraser.com And are you doing any stand up? I am. Any? I'm doing stand up in LA. Uh, look it up on Twitter. Um, I'm doing stand up in LA. I'll, he I'll be here until the 16th, and then I'm oh, going wow. back to Australia. And then I'll be in London. If you have any London listeners, I do. I'm doing the live Bugle podcast on the 16th. Of I've been November. hearing a lot about the Bugle. Andrew was actually telling me about it. I need to check it out. Check it out. It is a really funny podcast. That's what he was telling me. If you've never heard of it, it's John Oliver's old podcast. Yeah. John Oliver, who does uh, this week tonight. Yeah. Uh, his old co-host. After John Oliver got really busy with his show, <laughs> now a has busy. a series of rotating co-hosts, of which I am one. There's also Harry Kondabolu, also Wyatt Senak, also a guy in India called Anubhav Pal, Andy Zaltzman's sister, Helen Zaltzman, who I think is one of the funniest people in the world. She's, I think Andrew told me specifically about She's it, yeah. hilarious. She's a truly, truly, truly funny talent. And then other co-hosts, Tiff Stevenson, uh, Tom Ballard... Will Anderson's been on it. Yeah. Uh, Zoe Coombsma, who won Edinburgh last year, is on it. Like a couple of other really amazing acts. Awesome. Well, she came. She was nominated for the Edinburgh Award. So, so that's the Bugle. Everybody that's check the that Bugle out. podcast. It's an audio newspaper for a visual world, and it is very, very funny. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on it, and I have a great time on it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Alice. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime. All right. We are here at day three, the last day of LA Podfest 2017, with one of the founders, Chris Mancini. Chris, how you doing? Good, great to be here. Thanks. And this is um, this is the what year of Podfest? This is, is this? year six. All right, this is my third. Mm -hmm. I wish it was my sixth year. 
but I just really wanted to Well, thank we're happy you. to have you here on year yeah. three. Always You're great. year three. <laughs> and I wanted to thank you so much because I've made, like, Cheryl, one of my best friends, we met at PodFest oh, in the great. podcast lab, mm-hmm. and I was having a hard time... Um, Coming, I, I, I'm like, I, I can't, I, I can't afford a hotel room, and I didn't know if I was gonna be able to make it. And she vol- she let me stay, at, she let me stay at her house, and so oh, I was able great. to make this happen. And because mm-hmm. I love supporting Podfest, and well, we're I'm happy hoping, you're here. So this has been a good year so far for you guys. Yeah, it's definitely this is our recovery year. We took a beating last year, yeah. and like I said, we're an indie festival, so we can't keep taking beatings. Yeah. So we're able to recover this year. That's good. So good to hear. it's definitely moving in the right direction to be able to do this again. But awesome. Uh, we were up front with everyone. It's like, look, there's going to be, there's no drink tickets. There's yeah. less perks. We gotta, we gotta slash the budget. We gotta not only make up for this for last year, but we gotta, you know, make this year uh, viable too. So it was kind of a double whammy, but yeah. we're getting through it. So well, that's awesome to hear. I'm very happy because this, um, as a podcaster, this is really helped me grow and encourage me and um good i'm glad that's what it's for yeah yeah and i've i've heard lots of good things i've been i went to a couple of the podcast pro panels but i was talking to some of the other people and they've been going to all of them and that's been really i've talked to people that are going to start podcasts found new ways to grow their podcasts a lot of real practical stuff yeah we really expanded the podcast pro section this year and uh we were really happy with the results we've got a lot of great panelists yeah a lot of great information and most importantly the people going to them have been enjoying them and getting a lot out yeah i i went like i said i went to a couple and i did i got a lot mm-hmm. out of it it encouraged me and, and I, we tried not to make them boring yeah too. yeah and like some really cool panelists like people yeah. i was like oh shit like yeah I, you know i know who that is and mm-hmm. it's cool hearing them and talking about podcasts and and like giving frank you know, like Frank this thing talks about advertising and about monetization and, yeah. and no bullshit because there is a lot of like, you know, BSing out there about monetization and podcasting. So to hear from these guys, mm-hmm. just like straight, you know, straight information is very helpful. Yeah. And, um, but, Good. I'm glad. Glad you found it useful. Yeah. Um, so you guys, um, uh, your your documentary movie Earbuds is yes. on a wide release now. It is on a wide release. You could get it in iTunes, Amazon, Google Play. Um, you know, if you're a gamer, you can get it on Steam. Yeah. It's on uh, a bunch of different platforms. Also on uh, some select cable companies and Dish. I think it's on Comcast and a couple other places. There's still a couple places it's not at that we're still working on, but. Uh, for the most part, it's it's up and around wherever you uh, yeah. wherever fine movies are sold well, I'm, digitally. <laughs> I'm telling all my friends who aren't don't quite get the podcasting thing and why I because I've been doing this since 2004. I, mm-hmm. I and I and I I got it right away, but a lot of people it's a great quite, thing to show people. Yeah, and I sh- I tell yeah. everybody to watch it. I told my mom to watch it. Yeah, and because just to kind of get because it it shows the impact that podcasts have on people and the uniqueness of the format. Mm-hmm. And I think you guys really captured that in a way that's beautiful. Cool, thank you. And I you. appreciate it a lot that what you've done for the medium. I mean, geez, I was just talking to uh, Dave Anthony about. I mean, um, Cheryl showed to me this morning Parade Magazine. Mark Marin on the cover of Parade Magazine says Mister Podcast. Yeah. And there is a the thing that was cool about it is because my mom reads Parade Magazine. It's like it tends to skew towards a higher age group, but that's in tons of newspapers and it says how to subscribe to a podcast what's a podcast so i'm like right. this information is getting out to the masses yes. in a bigger and bigger way every year yeah. it, it proliferates even more which is great which is it's kind of cool to see this new media format just slowly i mean it's taken a lot of time there's been a lot of stops and starts mm-hmm. and i feel like 
I don't know. It's really exciting to be part of that. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. So, well, I'm glad to see that it's, you know, getting more into the um, public consciousness for sure. And every year it gets a little bit more. It's like, you know, you have little breakouts like... Uh, little like blips on the radar like cereal where it, it's it's uh, all of a sudden in the consciousness then it fades a little bit then something else goes in the consciousness and fades a little bit but uh podcasting awareness has slowly and steadily gone up every year and yeah. i think that will continue because uh there's a podcast for everyone whatever you're into there's a podcast for it and there's 350,000 podcasts on yeah. iTunes so chances are whatever you're into there's, there's a, a podcast, podcast for probably you. several yeah. Yeah. And and it's cool that like there's little niche audiences for things like I recently just re kind of retooled my wrestling show that I do because I met a guy, my friend Keith, who I met at a wrestling show, he runs a dispensary and he's like, Can we do a podcast about wrestling and weed? And I'm like, Why not? And so that's what we're doing. We changed it to the it went from Mr. Brendo's wrestling show to the massive buds wrestling show. Double entendre, and uh, and it's and and that we found there is a niche audience of absolutely wrestling stone fans wrestling, stone fans. wrestling yeah. fans. Um, Ron Funch is right at the lead there. <laughs> yeah. I can I can imagine watching you know getting stoned and watching wrestling is a national pastime. Yes, <laughs> and um and you're the host of Comedy Film Nerds podcast yes. mm-hmm. and things. Um, I was recent. I I need to listen to your it episodes. Because I, I really, I just, I that was the last movie I saw, and I, mm-hmm. I really loved it. I don't know what your guys' opinion yeah, we, was. Yeah, we really liked it as well. And uh, we did two episodes. We did a regular one and a spoiler app, and they were. Uh, um, you did them with Dave Anthony, we right? Did, yeah. yeah, I need, to, it, I need to listen. To, I have you on my. I subscribe to it, but I, I just have so many podcasts that sometimes I have yep. to pick and choose what I'm going to listen to. We hear that a lot, yeah. for sure. And it was, it's a rare time where a big budget studio horror movie actually uh, gets pulled off properly so yeah normally all the interesting things in horror are being done in the on the indie or low budget yeah, space yeah, yeah. uh but this is was like a, a you know a, a big budget you know for for horror a, a bigger budget studio movie that they got completely right and let's face it stephen king adaptations do not have a great yeah, track record yeah 100 i'm totally uh, with you i'm a diehard stephen king fan and i will readily admit that <laughs> So it was good to see. It was really well put together. And also, it, that mo- if it wasn't for Stranger Things, that movie, it would have looked completely different. Like you even from, so? Even from the way the trailer was cut, yeah. uh, there was so many. Just make it look like Stranger Things. Make, yeah. it, make more Stranger Things. Make it creepy. Put it in the 80s. Get a kid from Stranger Things to be in it. So, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, all right, true. that's as far as you can go. That's, yeah. We're close enough now. Now, yeah. just, now do creepy clown stuff. Yeah, and it was, I, I just really, I think they captured those kids in a way that was just, I mean, they were great. Those it was really great, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm just like, how are they gonna, those cat, they have a lot, they have a tall order with the adult cast. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but I'm excited. I mean, it's definitely, you know, it's, it's, they gotta, they gotta cast it correctly, they gotta, um, but you know they have the templates there, so, yeah. So totally. If they, if they keep to what they're, it seems like you know, Stephen what, what King's worked. on board. Yeah, so yeah. They got that. I mean, and, they, they, it can definitely be uh, successful for yeah. sure. So you mentioned how the uh, how it seems like a lot of the cutting edge horror is happening on the indie scene. Yeah, and whereas and that that's uh, the director of it also directed one of those new, for me, Mama. Was one of those. Oh, movies. I never saw Mom. Oh man, I really liked it. Yeah, and that's where he came from. So I'm wondering if this might be a new trend where they take 
some of these guys that have been doing stuff and give them a shot on the and big leagues. Budget. And maybe that might, that, would that be could good. be a new horror revival. Like, cause I think about what Marvel did where they got some of these indie directors, guys like James Gunn and Taika Watiti, and they're giving them these big things and maybe that could happen on a level in horror. And it, maybe, and then maybe it will be Blair Witch. Yeah, that's so true. Never, that yeah, is totally true. That, hey, I love Adam I'm, Wingard, but that was a disaster. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, I gotta tell you, you know, Death Note it's, was terrible too. Yeah, so I, I, I like Adam Wingard, but you know, that's two misses. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I, Blair Witch, I don't know, I came into that, I, I got, I, I'm a big chicken, so I was scared, but then afterwards I was like, I don't think that was a very good movie. It was not a very good movie. It wasn't even that scary, and for it was me, also... yeah, I just, I just got really scared just because I was, the tunnel, the tunnel part freaked me out just because, I don't know, it just freaked me out. But I think you're, I guess, I don't know. And I just, also, I was like, oh god, more found footage movies. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not, no, I get, that you have to do that with Blair Witch because that's yeah. how the original was. Yeah. Like, of course you're going to make that a found footage movie. But we've seen the found footage movie so many times. We're like, oh god, yeah. you know, show me something different. It literally was um, just a beat by beat, almost a remake of uh, the original. But it was one of those weird movies that's in the middle. Of, well, is it a sequel? Is it a remake? I'm like, well, technically it's a sequel. He's, you know, looking for one of the kids that got lost in the first movie. Yeah. But also you're They're following doing some the, of the exact same beats. Same beats Throughout the entire story where, you know, they get lost in the woods, yeah. crazy shit happens, then they make it to the, the, um, the, the house, the, you know. de- the decrepit, decaying uh, house, and then that's where the witch is, and then they die. Yeah. So. I never thought of it that way, so that the more you're thinking, I'm like, yeah, that, why would they, what, what was the point of that? Right. There's no reason to make it a sequel if you're going to do the exact same thing. Now, you, of course, you could say Blair Witch Book of Shadows, the, sequel that bankrupted artisan you yeah. could say that was an official sequel but what were uh, your thoughts on that I, that one i never saw oh man it's a it's I, a piece of work it's, yeah, a, it's really it's not, something else not I, i've actually talked to people that like it and i can't wow. even begin to understand whenever you have a movie that bankrupts a studio you know you've got something special yeah cutthroat <laughs> island anybody yeah. <laughs> so you're a you're a director do you have any other projects you're working on the, um, I'm always working on stuff that's in development. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I've got like a couple features that uh, we're trying to get through the system right now. Yeah, and I'm sure uh, one that's... horror, one comedy. Okay. But, uh, uh, the main thing I'm working on now is I'm still fix- finishing the graphic novel that we kickstarted long ago and far away. Okay. Is, what, uh, what's that about? It's a comic book. It's a. Do you remember the Narnia stories? Oh yeah, about, hell yeah. Uh, um, so the premise of Long Ago Far Away is if one of, one of those kids that as a kid he went into like a fantasy land like with the witches and elves mm-hmm. and uh, fantasy characters but then when he came back he got older he's 30 runs a comic book store he's an asshole and then he has to go back in that world again as an adult mm-hmm. and then he just makes things worse oh that sounds great I'm on board so, with that <laughs> So that's um, um, that Kickstarter funded. So right now we're making the graphic novel. But oh, that's it's just, awesome. It's just taking a long time. Yeah, so it's, it's a like, long it's like a process. 180 pages. So yeah. it's a huge one. But if you're interested, you could go find it on Kickstarter and download the first uh, the first chapters available. To so everybody. what's the title one more time? Long ago and far away. Long ago and far away. I am definitely mm-hmm. going to be checking that out. I'm sure some of our listeners. That sounds right up. Our nerd alley. Yeah. And, and Chris, I want to thank you so much. Absolutely. And I love PodFest. I love what Great. you guys do. Well, thanks and for coming. Comedy Film Nerds, so, yes. where people can find you. Yeah, Comedy Film Nerds and also the new scripted podcast, Conversations from the Abyss. Oh, that's, that's right. I nerd. wanted to ask. That's the one thing I forgot to ask yeah. you about. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that just a little bit? Absolutely. It's an anthology horror podcast that's real short. It's about 15 minutes long each. It's about a conversation between two living things, possibly. And... Uh, <laughs> 
Um, each episode is a different story, and they drop twice a month. And the first four have dropped. We got four more coming up, and then I'm writing the second season now. So, awesome. and I borrowed cast members from Thrilling Adventure Hour, Welcome to Night Vale. So you know you're getting some really cool voices. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, that's Conversations from the Abyss. Yes. I'm going to definitely have to check that out. Mm-hmm. I just went I went to the audio drama panel, and I haven't dived too deep in the audio drama world, but mm-hmm. it sounds like something... Oh, the one that I moderated you went to? Yeah, I did Secrets of Narrative Podcast. Oh, no, not that one. It was oh. another one where they were talking about audio drama. Oh, okay, yeah, it could but, have been any of them. But it was just, it made me really want to hear more about audio dramas and listen to more of them, mm-hmm. and um, that sounds like a good one to check out. So Please thank do. you, Chris. And once again, Earbuds is the movie. Yes. Check that out. Everybody needs to watch it, especially if you're listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. because I get a lot of cool stories from our listeners, and and like I think every every podcast listener, it's something that they should watch and show their friends to get them to see why podcasts are so great. Please do. And thank you again, Chris. Thank you.
out there in Benview podcast land. My name is Josh, and this is Jesse. Hello. And we happen to do a podcast about video games called the Extra Damage Cast. Indeed we do. If you like to talk about video games, or more accurately, listen to other people talk about video games, you should check out our podcast. It's at extradamage.com or on the Benview Network website, whatever that is. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.